What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Drunk Turkey Show. I'm Daniel. Alongside with me is Big Blue. We got a little bit of uh, some court documents. I kind of looked over them a little bit. Didn't seem like there was a lot there. One of it was about the court uh, allowing cameras in the courtroom. Blue, what is your stance on cameras in the courtroom in this in this case? Do you think that's going to help or not help uh, defense or prosecution, or is it irrelevant? I think it's irrelevant. I think they should be there for the people. Uh, maybe the families that <clears throat> can't make it there don't want to be there in the presence of Kohlberger, but they still want to mm -hmm. see him sentenced. And, you know, and they can have the opportunity to see it online. Like I said before, I think there are you know, the people the, you know, of the world that have a right to see this case. There's people that live in Moscow afraid through this time. Brian Kohlberger was on the loose for seven weeks. They went through the terror and having a look behind there, but they deserve to also be aware of what's going on, in my opinion. All right, so let's, um, let's break up some of these um, documents. I haven't really looked into them too closely. Uh, I kind of breezed over it. But anyway, so this is the uh, uh, notice of intent not to cross-examine defense's witnesses, a district court decision and records to explain witness contact. I'll read through this a little bit and then um, we'll, we'll discuss it. It says, at the hearing of the state's motion for protective order, defendant's third motion to compel held on August 18, 2023, the court allowed the state to reserve cross-examination of two witnesses, Gabriel Vargas, uh, who the defense disclosed without a CV the day before the trial. And Leah Larkin, whom uh, the defense disclosed a PowerPoint presentation for the first time during her direct examination. The state has determined that it not need to cross-examine either of these witnesses. In addition, the state mentioned during the, at the hearing that the judge, uh, that Judge Whitney in Canyon County ruled on a similar issue one week prior to the hearing and that the state would provide the written ruling once available. The transcript of that hearing is now available and the relevant portion of the transcript is attached to Exhibit A. Finally, at the hearing on August 23rd, the defendant counsel suggested in open court that the state had improperly contacted Ms. Ms. Vargas. The state has attached under seal as Exhibit B the reports and other records to explain contact. The state should ask the court to grant request protective order to permit the state to present the information it seeks to protect the court in an in-camera hearing. The biggest part of that is, or from what I can take out of that big blue, uh, the state one, first and foremost, have don't have any intention on talking to or with the states uh, or the defense's witnesses when it comes to the genetic tree and and how their expertise in the field kind of matter, in my opinion. They don't even want to cross-examine. They feel it is a irrelevant point for the state. And I think the judge is going to find that out, you know, or I'm pretty sure he knows. He's just listening in. Uh, the defense to ensure that he does take in consideration what they're saying. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to make a difference. Yeah, they don't want to cross-examine them. That means there's no there's uh, no good information that they need from them. It's just a witness the defense has. that they're, they're, Like uh, we, when we talked to that lawyer the other day, they're, they're throwing everything against the wall, see what sticks. They might be able to say sticks, but uh, the prosecution doesn't think it's anything good. So. Yeah. And then at, at the end, I think they still... If, it can change their mind later, but I don't think uh, I think they get the chance to cross-examine. But maybe they'll waive their right to cross-examine when they're there. Yeah, and attached to this is it seems like a transcript from another hearing to justify why this is SNP profile. So it probably has to do with a lot with this same stuff. Because I wanted to see what they did with the uh, the Vargas. The defense stood up and said they accused the state of improperly going to her residence and interrogating her. That was yeah. the, uh, the accusation right? And then the state said, no, she recanted on a few things and we had to go get her statement. I want to see what was happening in that situation. That's what I'm see. This is uh, Mr. Jorgensen in the court. Like this is a transcript from a different trial. But I think it has to do with S STR and the SNP profiles. And 
I, I think in this case here, without going through it every single line, I think there was an argument there it was similar to the one Ann Taylor is bringing up to the table, which is, hey, if they did something improper or got the information in a um, in an illegal way, right? Let's just say they utilized Ancestry 23 and they took relatives of Coburger, did not give permission to have their DNA checked, right? They have to give permission for that. Is it possible? Well, I think that I think this is what this uh, court case they're bringing up in this in this situation is just basically there was an STR profile and SD SNP profile created. And in this case, they let it fly and it wasn't. I want to read this part says that that particular hair may not contain enough genetic information to get an entire STR profile. That was the case in this case when the state sent their hair that was tested by Dr. Green to his labs at UC Santa Cruz. What Dr. Green's methodology is is to use his proprietary and developed method to extract the central every an SNP he can from every single, single, every single, there's a lot of singles there, nucleotide polymorphism he can extract, he extracts. It doesn't necessarily give him enough for an STR profile, but what it did do in this case is enable him to create an SNP. So it's not, it's not necessarily the same. This is just saying that they were, this is referencing the SNP profile. I probably should have read it all. A lot of pages. How many pages? It's 24. And it's, it's not really to do with this case. It's just something that the state is basically saying that there's a similar case that has this STR and SNP profile thing attached to it. And there's precedent there where it, it was allowed. They, they've used DNA in a lot of cases, but I think they just have to try to prove that they can use it in that state also, because she's trying to get it thrown out. Yeah, no, I agree. And I wanted to just see if there was anything in here that had nothing, something else other than, yeah, I guess under seal is the uh, exhibit be attached to the state's notice of intent not to cross-examine witnesses' district court decision and records to explain witness contact. What was the uh, first one, the notice to intent to not cross-examine? Uh, this here is just the... Um, Motion to temporary seal exhibit B from the state's notice to extent not to cross-examine witness, uh, defense witness, district court decision and records to explain witness contact pending hearing. Here coming out of the state of Idaho and by through the Latal County prosecuting attorney hereby uh, moves the court pursuant to Idaho Court Administrative Rule uh, 32G1 and Idaho Code 74 through 124 a, for a temporary order. Sealing Exhibit B in the state's notion not to cross-examine the witness, district court decision, and a records to explain witness contact doesn't want to interfere with the enforcement proceedings, the private person to write a fair trial, constitute an unwarranted invasion of personal privacy, disclose the identity of a confidential, confidential source, and or disclose investigative techniques and procedures. Now, this stuff we've heard before. I, I don't understand how an explanation as to why the state made contact with a defense's witness, why should that be oh, under seal? Uh, just to keep the witnesses' names out of well, this is the, the defense's. This is the defense's witness that they already called up. I believe it was Vargas. She testified already, referencing her expertise. Now, according to the state, in the hearing, they indicated he, uh, the state, claimed out loud it was because some, something about recanting. She was recanting some of the information or changing some of the information, regardless of what she was saying or taking away. The case or Brian Coburger not having a fair trial could expose a witness or something. Just redact any personal information. Like if they put we, if they met her at her personal house, don't put her house out there. Um, I think it's more like to, to keep the, her privacy probably because uh, then they probably want to show records where they went to talk to her, maybe at her work or at her home. 
which I believe I remember the defense saying it was at her home, but the two FBI agents went to her home. Yeah. And then the next one, the next document is just basically this, the, uh, the court granting the uh, seal, the temporary ordering seal. All right. Motion to continue hearing date. Let's see what this one's about. It's three pages. Oh, this is referencing the media. Proposed interviews move the court for an order continuing the September 1st, 2023 hearing date on defendant Brian Koberger. Motion to remove cameras from the courtroom. Proposed interviews uh, separately are moving to intervene for the limited purpose of opposing Koberger's motion. Let's see who's all in there. There's the Associated Press, Radio Television. Television Digital News Association, Sinclair Media, um, Boise State's Newsroom. Let's see if there's anything that stands out, though. Those are a lot a lot of local press. Do you, do you is there, think there's any podcasters in there? That's what I'm looking for. The Society of Professional Journalists. Yeah. And, and the very one, the very last one, CNN. CNN is always last to the news. I'm actually surprised that I'm not seeing a couple of YouTubers or podcasters in this list, to be honest with you. Yeah, they probably yeah. didn't register as... Uh, Media. They probably just registered as. Do you have to register if you go to a court case as, as a media? Or would you register as court, like as a YouTuber? I don't know, man. We got to figure that out before we go out there, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need my press pass. If, if anybody knows how to get one of those, please hit us up at our email. I'd appreciate that. We, we'd like to get the uh, the information there. No, JLR is not on the list saying details. This is the motion to intervene. It's a few pages. It says on June 23rd, uh, this court entered an order allowing 20 media outlets with the Associated Press as lead media outlet to intervene in this case for limited purpose of challenging the then in place amended non-dissemination order order granting motion to intervene for limited purpose at one two uh, at near a nearly identical media co- coalition at this time consisting of 13 outlets outlets again seeking to intervene this time for limited purpose of opposing brian c Koberger's motion to remove cameras in the courtroom filed august 24 2023 and it currently set for hearing on september 1st and for any other proceedings affecting media access proceeding, including whether cameras will be allowed in the courtroom trial. All right, I want to see what's the, um, this is just basically the news media explaining or um, throwing in their opinions on some of the stuff that the defense was talking about referencing, like uh, they were zooming in on, on Koberger's fly, for instance. Right. And here, here it explains that a random UX user, not, not the drug, the, the platform no, formerly known as Twitter, <laughs> random X user, uh, modified a photo showing Koberger and a uh, deputy entering the courtroom by cropping it out to a very small size and focused on his belt and adding a reference to Mr. Koberger's fly. Here's the thing. To get back to Koberger, he has to really be looking into himself. You get what I'm saying? Case, man. That picture was on a, on, on a Twitter X user and it was his own personal Twitter and X. And it wasn't like he was a mainstream media or anything like that, or a podcaster. Well, that's like if your neighbor or something takes a picture of Brian Koberger, makes it look funny and posts it up on his personal social media po- page, the responsibility of, of the news media. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, they, they showed, they just have more um, images and, and, and links to some of those, uh, like for instance, this is the one for the fly and, and whatnot. Let's... Uh, I don't know. I hope they, I hope they allow it. I hope they allow it. I know they're going to figure it out come September 1st. It's going to be a pretty big hearing. From what I understand is they're going to be allowing, it kind of leads me to have a little bit of hope that they're probably going to let cameras in for the entire hearing. Now, I think we're going to end up having to wait until after the hearing is over for the day or an hour after it started or two hours after it started to see, see the beginning and whatnot. And yeah. stick with us because we'll be live streaming uh, myself or Blue or, or Jaime. We'll, we'll be live streaming either all three of us at one or one, one of us do one part of it and such and such. But we'll be, we'll be taking care of that case make sure you subscribe and hit that like button and ring that notification bell we'd appreciate it this one's just a notice regarding hearing um, I think 
they're gonna wait to release the videos and like edit what they need to edit out to not be violating the court or the regulations they put in. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So at this time, what we're gonna do is we're gonna allow folks to come onto the panel, ask their questions, comments, the whole nine yards until somebody does come up, Lou. Let's have a discussion, you and I. The when it comes to Brian Koberger possibly being a, uh, a suspect in this case, him not being deterred by the Range Rover that Kaylee had just purchased the day before, what does that tell you about him? What can you deduce by knowing there was a silver Range Rover that he may not have been aware of, and that did not deter him from entering in that building? I think he had his mind already set. Like, he already had it planned, and maybe he his outcome was maybe all six or whoever was in the house but he he got spooked and uh, when he heard dylan and he took off so i think he was just there to to commit a, a horrible crime and just to like see if the police can even catch him just to prove the police wrong i i think it was a combination of motives i don't think it was just the police thing which is kind of what i explained i think there was the if you go back into his his writings right and he's he wrote when it came to the visual snow that some of the side effects were an empty feeling, kind of being a jerk, knowing that he's a jerk, things like he wanting to change it or whatever the case may be, but not being able to. Once he got into a situation where was doing this survey and talking to ex-cons, I think there's a good opportunity that he may have talked to one, maybe started getting him to feel some things, you know, based on living through him by curiously. Yeah, that could have happened. I think it's a combination between that. Plus you have what sounds like a narcissistic guy. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm none of those things. The characteristic of him having to be the smartest person in the room. I think there was a statement uh, one of his classmates or, or friends had made that he had stated that he could get any girl he wanted. And you add that narcissistic to the possibility of, you know, revenge for the area. Then you come up with, all right, <clears throat> or we did. I think he wanted to commit this crime. You, you know, he bought the, according to, what was it, NBC or whatever, he purchased the knife from Amazon. Now, I don't know how true it is. This is according to their sources. Purchased a knife on Amazon in April before he went out there. So that's before any problems started happening, except for he did get possibly rejected from the Pullman Police Department, the intern position around that time. Do you think that was enough? I don't know if that's enough just to go off the end there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it was more his world was starting to crumble. His TA uh, position was starting to get under fire. They're given the warnings and all the talkings they had with him about firing him. That could have motivated him. There's another reason out there that he hasn't said or we haven't found out yet. I want to say he probably met one of them before, or maybe he was cyber stalking them with burner accounts. We don't know that. Uh, I'm pretty positive gotta, he was. Yeah, there's got to be a reason why like he chose that house. Out of all the houses, he chose one right in the middle of like town, right next to an apartment complex where there could be a lot of witnesses, and he still almost got away with it. I think if, if it was just somebody who wanted to do something random, you would pick a house not on the edge of a town where there's nobody there. You would do it like most of the circles do. They stock elderly pay people because nobody goes around them that much. It's just one person. No, two. I agree. Sonia D comes in saying no one wanted him and he wanted revenge, <clears throat> especially with law enforcement because he didn't make it to the program. I, I can see that being a, a possibility, especially like, you know, we went through uh, WSU police and Pullman police's requirements for them to join. And with the Pullman Police Department, there's a background check even for just a ride along for a 16 year old. So I would assume for the intern position that there is probably an even more extensive one. The WSU police stated that in part of their background check was that they uh, if there was any like sort of law breaking done, 
even if it wasn't, it didn't lead to an arrest or a conviction or anything like, let's just say recreational drug use. If he put that there, that could be a reason for him not to be accepted into the program. So I'm thinking if, if he didn't get accepted into the program based on that, don't you think he would have probably felt that it was going to be impossible to get selected into this program, knowing that he can't change that from his past? I mean, it, there's nothing you can do to take that out of your past. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For me, when it came to the car, when it came to a vehicle being out there at, that he's possibly had never seen, the only logical explanation, which does match some of the information and the evidence that we do have, perhaps he was trying to commit the perfect crime and not just the perfect crime, but make it a huge crime that would grab national attention see for me i think that seeing the silver car and it not deter him it has to there has to be a reason because if the if his goal was committing the perfect crime and it'd just be a singular target i don't think he would have gone into a house full of people and a vehicle outside would deter him because that's not a part of the plan it didn't deter him told me one of a couple things either he was forced to do it that night for whatever reason or it was a part didn't matter because it was a part of his plan. If his plan was gain national attention, the more people involved, the bigger. I said, I said he was driving for attention, so he's, he he tried to do a crime that impossible to solve. So he left one key item behind. I just that blows my mind. We would still be looking for somebody. I think. I think that if it was, let's just say it wasn't right. Let's just take that off the table. Uh, that he was trying to create a national attention crime. That would remain unsolved. Right. Let's just say it was a necessity. What are some of the reasons why you think that he would have had to have done it that night? I think because Thanksgiving was still coming up, right? Right. But, but why not do it like on a on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday where the likelihood of a party being going on in the area is less likely and they would be at their residence more than likely than out somewhere else partying and or i think i think there were single girls in majority of them and even if they're not who's to say they don't go spend the night at a friend's house or something like that right yeah i think the likelihood is higher for something like that to happen on a weekend versus a weekday yeah i mean there's uh, i would say there's a lot more commotion going on on the weekends like that night the game was going on you know there was people going home from parties and stuff and before he had more chance of getting seen that day so maybe he, he liked the idea of like how complicated it would have been to pull it off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Do you think that it's possible he was aware of the task force that was out there stopping underage drinking or targeting underage drinking, the ones that ended up stopping the three kids in the banfield? I don't think it's possible unless he saw them or they, they mention it because like here in San Antonio, uh, we know that they mention it all the time during fiesta you know it's like hey no there's it's no refusal weekend no refusal week is a fiesta so you think maybe it was broadcasted that saturday was going to be a don't be underage drinking because we're going to be out there but well here's the thing though i think that he may have had knowledge that maybe not everybody would have being his position as a ta in the criminal justice department is it possible he overheard or got privileged to knowing somehow there was going to be a task force that night you know, trying to deter underage drinking, effectively stopping partying going on as well because of loud noise complaints. Yeah, there could have been a possibility because maybe somebody in the criminal, criminal, was it criminal justice? 
department could be a sheriff or could be a off-duty security officer work for the sheriff's department part-time because i know back when we were in school our criminal justice teacher was one of the detectives for the police and he was he was uh he would get called in sometimes part like on cases to help out Mm -hmm. I don't remember if you remember him. I, I took criminal justice, I think, my senior year. Yeah, I took criminal justice, too. It was all right, man. I took criminal justice in high school. I did attend a couple, couple of semesters in college. I, I took some criminal justice there, too. I need, I need to finish that. If he was aware and he knew that this was a party house and that, you know, you're probably going to have some, ha- some houses out there, maybe having some music or stuff going on. But it's not going to be as typical as a usual weekend out there in that area with police there. Uh, deterring alcohol related crimes. And I think maybe that could be, that could be an indication to him. Like, Hey, there's a lot of people there. Typically it's going to be quiet now because the cops are there. Um, Perhaps they'll go out to the bars and drink because of this. And you know, that, that ensures that they're intoxicated also being a weekend and also, also kind of guarantees that they'll be home around two in the morning um, without a, a party or an after party to host in the area the likelihood of them being home and and asleep uh, when he decides to go out there it's greater than not oh wow yeah i was reading that one i was like man that's a good one maybe he wants to come on and talk about the time he was there in class with them yeah 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 if if you would um by any chance did you ever hear why he was why he was released from his what was it like a law enforcement type of classes that he was in i think he was taken out and then they uh he he, he, just, he was in the HVAC class. Yeah. If not tonight, hit us up on our email and maybe we can get you on and ask you a couple questions. Open mind says Coverger is not the guy. Come on up. Let's hear what you have to say. Uh, I'm more than happy to, to hear why you think he's not the guy. Uh, Ricky Van says, just join this live right now. I've never heard why he got kicked out of that law enforcement class. I can call in next time y'all do a live. We did speak occasionally as we were both interested in the military and law enforcement. I ended up going into the army after high school and have many associates in criminal justice. I actually got an offer for Suffolk County PD, same county as Rex Humerman. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that case and whatnot. Yeah. Send us, a, send us an email. Maybe we can get together. We'll have a specific show and, and we'll talk about that time. Uh, but thank you for your services. Also, we appreciate your 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 services. Thank you. In my opinion, two other guys were involved, but not knowing what the extent was meant to happen. So here here's my only thoughts when it comes to other people being involved. Oberger was on the loose for six, seven weeks. Nobody dimed him out. Right? Nobody came forward. Nobody saying. Nobody said anything. I think that has to do with a lot of trust. And if you trust somebody to commit a crime with or that is not going to dime you out or bring you up in conversation, I think that tells me there should be some form of communication between Brian Koberger on his devices to said accomplices. You know, they have Koberger's phone. They have his tablet, his tower. And I don't think that Koberger meets somebody in Moscow, Idaho for the first time and says, hey, let's be friends, but let's do it all on burner phones yeah. so that nobody knows that we're talking because and then within the next 11 weeks, we're going to plan on doing a murder in the next 11 weeks. I don't, I don't see how that that's a possibility uh, or, or plausibility. Is it possible that there was other people involved? I guess I just don't think that they would be free still if there was what do you think blue so what do you think of the possibility of what do you think of a possibility of an accomplice i think the possibility of an accomplice it's possible i would think uh that's why i always had that thought that 10 percent thought in my head that somebody else might have been involved when he said who else was arrested and mm-hmm. everybody says he's worried about his family because you know he was at their home i don't know in my in my head's like maybe somebody helped plan or maybe somebody helped like maybe discard the stuff they helped them with the actual crime but maybe they he, he stopped by and had somebody hold something for them because yeah. he did make an awkward like round after but you see i think 
if it, this guy, we have to know who he is, right? This is a very intelligent guy. This is a guy uh, understands probably more than most. I'll be honest. I, I didn't know. And this is just anecdotal. I don't know very many PhD uh, law enforcement officers. It goes for detectives, goes for, for any of those things. Now, I had I had a friend of mine who um, who was a, had a master's degree who ended up being in law enforcement. He had a master's degree in psychology. He was actually a professor at a nearby university. He he was a police officer for some time before he became a federal agent. But I think he used the officer uh, as a uh, a springboard so that he can go faster, including his you know, his master's degree in the federal world, right? In my opinion, he's smarter than most. He's going to understand law enforcement techniques and investigative practices, right? That the cops are going to do. To have that big old loop, what that tells me is that he knows that his car is going to be on surveillance. They're going to try to trace his car and look for his car either leaving Moscow. And if it doesn't leave, if they don't have video footage of it leaving Moscow, they're going to check the nearby cities and they're going to look at the camera to see if White Elantra came in within the appropriate time they would have expected it. So if you had a, a town 20 minutes away and you had a crime and you see the car leaving at 420, you would probably assume the vehicle is going to be arriving 10 minutes at 430 and at the latest 450. You wouldn't expect it to be arriving an hour later. Now, what he did was you can go through the probable cause affidavit. The probable cause affidavit states law enforcement officers assumed and I'm paraphrasing here, uh, they assume he may have taken a, a right turn on Palouse River Drive because it leads directly to Moscow, uh, to Pullman, I'm sorry. Now, we know he doesn't go, tells me though, is that he may have his phone turns on uh, near Blaine, Idaho at 448. So he didn't go straight to Pullman. We know that. Why would he do? My opinion, he's going around and I'll bring it up here in a second. I think one is he's going around the cameras at Palouse River Drive and at 95 and going this weird route where he can uh, elude cameras. And then when they go check Pullman or they check anywhere else, there's no cameras. Uh, there's no white launcher entering. That's going to make law enforcement assume committed this crime lives in Moscow. Right, we have somebody in the back scene. Uh, I hope you're ready. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring you up. Hey. Uh, How's it going? How are you doing? Good, good. Were there 7,600 people? At there may have been, I'm not, not sure. Or 76,000. Well, my point is, there's there's like three or four guys just walking around. I mean, where's everybody else? It's kind of odd. It Don't was, um, yeah. And, and then cop called for them to come over. And that's said, oh, I thought it was a fake thing you were talking to. Did you hear? No. What, what is it? Where were you talking about? I'm, I'm confused a little bit. That out of like all 25,000 students, like one was caught stealing a sign and four were caught drinking, walking home drunk. Well, the cop called for them and they kept walking and they told the cop finally he was talking to someone. <laughs> hmm. I swear. I'm not lying. Did, but did they? Did they check the drains in the showers? Do you think uh, the victim's house? Yes. Oh, I'm fairly positive they checked the they checked the drains. They checked. They probably went up and down trying to find uh, any evidence as they possibly can in, yeah. in, in the house. But when it comes to the attendance at Kibble Dome, which is the uh, the dome used for the vandals, it only it only holds sixteen thousand people. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't think that was 70 something, but 16,000, uh, I would assume that it was probably full capacity given the fact that it was the last home game. It was uh, the homecoming game and things. And as far as the guys stealing the sign and all those other stuff, I get it. it. It's, it looks weird. 
it, it does because kids do yeah, it's right no i agree it's 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 not it's not safe um regardless of what type of sign it is uh it's not safe to remove those i, I I've, I've seen and i've had people ask me questions about you know, what do you think about this person or this person or this call and i'll say this and this is completely anecdotal as well but when i was in there was a crap ton of calls that had nothing to do with each other majority of them really didn't outside of these calls being inside the city of moscow and late at night i don't know if there's really a connection there um and then um why why would he um go to idaho when washington doesn't have the death penalty or well, i think i don't th when it comes to him not wanting to do it in washington i don't think he ever anticipated on getting caught so whether they had the death penalty or not i don't think was a uh, part of his planning it was probably more important to him to commit this crime not not in um not in pullman because then there's a possibility he could track back to him you know what i'm saying yes yes his, his minor was like in forensic cloud or the cloud forensic so i don't understand why he would make stupid mistakes with the spunk why didn't he leave it at home well i think he took it with him and i think maybe perhaps he did see dylan as he was walking out and the urge to know if 911 was called what was going on he may have had like a phone scanner app on his phone oh. and and if he had those type of things, he may have gone back to try to listen to see if the, what's going on with the call because somebody saw him as he was leaving. Well, I, don't I know. think I think my theory talking around, theory. walking around with the knife, just the knife, leaving. Go ahead, Blue. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Feel kind of weird. You're just walking around with a knife with not yeah. a I mean, I, I agree, but I think he didn't have time to go up and find the sheath. Uh, yeah. In my opinion, um, Team Rose, I'll be having you on in about one minute. I can go. Thanks for having me. Oh, First thank you, Terry. I want to say thank you. And where are you from? Because your accent sounds very familiar. Oh, she's Crawford. Yeah, she, she's actually emailed me a handful of times, so I'm familiar with who she is. Team Rose, welcome to the Drunk Turkey Show. How are you doing? Hi. Hello. Nice How's it going? Hi, guys. How are you doing? How are you doing? So, what are your thoughts on the on the case? Where where do you, what is your mindset? Uh, I, I'm I got a really big, crazy, wild. It's probably totally going to seem outlandish. Usually, my theories seem completely outlandish until a year goes by, and then everybody realizes I was right. <laughs> Sometimes it takes <laughs> two years. <laughs> but um, but where are you guys with it? What was the new docs? Just before I get into my thing, what was the new? Thing? The new docs really weren't much. It was just basically. Uh... I mean, kind of pulling back that they're not going to cross-examine the state's not going to cross-examine the witnesses from the defense and have anything to do with the igg they don't really anticipate it being used they also put down another uh case that had to deal with the snp profile and how it was utilized and accepted in court what's, wait, 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 wait. what's the igg what is the genetic treat the fbi created from the uh, dna on the sheath to link back to koberger from his distant family members seems a little weird uh um, it, it, what do you guys think happened? What is it? What is? Do you both agree on what you think, or do you have different points of view? We 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 we. I think we we're probably both on the same page here. More well, here me, me personally, I think he more than it. I think if he ends up being found not guilty, acquitted, or whatever the case may be, I think it's because of the uh, the state's case. I think it's weak, and I think some of the warrants they got for his case, like the phone pings, is weak. And I think that's going to be his phone activity is going to be extremely important because if if the defense can get out the the phone locations and the fact that he turned his phone off before the murders and turned it back on afterwards uh, that's a big piece of circumstantial evidence that if the jury doesn't hear uh, could be a problem that's kind of where i sit on it i'm a little bit i've been on closer to 50 50 before but what ended up changing my mind more more than anything was the dna 
or what had me thinking that there was a possibility that it wasn't him was the fact Howard Bloom had came out and said the DNA on the sheath wasn't found in Moscow lab. They had to send it to the Authorum lab in, in Texas to get to find this speck of DNA. Probably wouldn't fly in court. And I don't know how accurate, but come to find out Howard Bloom was extremely inaccurate in his statement. What had happened was the Moscow lab had found the DNA and he created an STR profile. They entered the profile into CODIS. It is basically uh, to check criminals and things to, to check their DNA and came back with nothing. They had to then create a lab and, or not create a lab. I'm sorry. They then had to create a SMP profile. The FBI took over the whole genetic tree and they basically said, all right, state, we can't say it's Koberger or not because we're not testing directly Brian Koberger's DNA to the knife sheath, uh, the DNA left on the knife sheath. But what we're saying is um, based on our information, it's more, more than likely him. Now, so what, you, what do you, what do you personally feel deep down? Oh yeah, he did it. Do you think he had help? I don't think he had help. You think he's a single... So what do you think his motivation was? The motivation I think happened was, all right, so he purchased the knife, according to NBC, uh, off of Amazon in April of 2022. In April 2022, um, we have the the um, email from Gary Jenkins, the chief of police for the Pullman Police Department, and Brian Koberger, basically Brian, thanking him for meeting with him and referencing the uh, internship. Well, we know from the probable cause affidavit, he had to apply again in the fall. It tells me he didn't get the job in the spring. If he had to fall, apply in the fall for the spring again. So <clears throat> that's a coincidence. No, I think what, that, well, what's the motivation to kill well, those four people? Well, I don't think it was so much those four people. I think when you look at how his teaching uh, assistantship uh, program or his assistant teaching program was going to hell, he was fixing to get kicked out. He had problems with his professor. Uh, he had to apply twice for the Pullman police internship. They do a background check on him. I'm assuming first background, the first time he didn't get approved was probably because of his heroin use in his past was one of the reasons why uh, not choose you or select you as being an officer. He had a lot of things going down at the wrong time. You also have a man who um, in his past indicated he had struggled with feelings and emotions. He had to become a vegan to um, suppress some of the uh, feelings he was having. The fact that he's still continuing his diet as a vegan, not necessarily because he's trying to avoid foods from animals, but to control the symptoms tells me that he's still having those symptoms. What symptoms? Perhaps. What do you mean feelings? What feelings? So he wrote down, he turned to being a vegan because he had no feeling. He had a feeling of emptiness. And I think his words were an asshole to his parents. Uh, he didn't mean to be, and he doesn't understand why he's this way. He's an outcast. A bunch of things like, and concerning part was just the fact he didn't have any feelings and he didn't have any emotions and stuff. Then you have the Pullman Police Department, the whole school just kind of turning on him. And you have this guy who's hyper intelligent and understands the law. A guy that has been described also as having to be the smartest person in the room. Mm. I think when you add all those things up, narcissistic possibility characteristic to this guy who's trying mm -hmm. to find feelings, who ends up creating a Reddit talks to um, ex-cons, in reference to their feelings, is it possible that he started to get feelings while he was talking to those, you know, learning about those crimes? I think there's a good so, possibility. So, so there. When, when you say ex-con, you mean murderers? I don't know. That's what his word was in his survey, um, looking for ex-cons. He's fascinated by criminals. He's fascinated by murderers. He's fascinated by crime, law. He studies 
and he wants to know what 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 a murderer is like. He want he's he's intrigued. He's he's all in. He's a weird guy. He sounds like a sociopath. He has no feelings. You know, he's not connected to his humanity. Maybe he wanted to know what it was like to kill. It has a lot to do with it. And I think the motivation behind it, the final. No, Team Rose, excuse me, does not think he's innocent, Sonia D. But anyway, I, I, I so, think so, so, I, so we got so we can agree probably because we got we need motive, right? Why did he right. kill those students? So my so theory. That, so that's the the piece of the puzzle that we're still missing. All right. That's do you think it. he would do it? Well, do you think he would do it for money? No, I no. think he did it as a revenge plot, not necessarily on those girls, but uh, on law enforcement, school, and local authority. Now he he had. Why don't why don't you? Where, where, first of all, where are you guys? Where do you guys live? What state? We are live you? in Texas. Oh, Texas. Texas. You you've heard of hitmen? Right. No, yeah. I, I've heard of I've heard of. In this case, there's enough to say he was having problems at school. He was having problems at work with his teacher's assistant. There were kids were complaining on him, apparently. And there was a female student. Uh, other PhD students wouldn't allow them or allow Brian Cover to be around uh, really? by himself. Specific university? I think what? I think Koberger would have targeted somebody in Pullman and or tried to embarrass the Pullman Police Department. Uh, for not selecting him would have led back to him. And this guy's super but intelligent. Why? But that's not enough. Of, he's hurt. His feelings are hurt. He's upset. He got rejected. He's been rejected plenty of times in high school. Low self-esteem is common for this guy. It's not, that's not going to go make him go into a, a building and kill four I mean, people with one knife all by himself, getting rejected by all of stuff adds to that's all good information for creating his personality profile and what what he's going through type of thing. But to physically stab and gut, he gutted those students and he gutted those students gang style. It was not we, we we were not told the full story on the killings. They we were actually they they did not they kept it a secret um, the degree to which those bodies were mutilated and and they gutted them in a way. See, I, the reason, let me just, the reason I think it's gang related, gang related and drug related and drug Lord gang related rejection sat there as resentment. The, then the other stressors piled on. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I'm having an intense day. So I sound intense. <laughs> I've been, <laughs> I've been, I've been sort of ranting and raving privately to myself very loudly all day. And I keep thinking, thank God there's no other people around me because I'm like so pissed off about so many things. I keep like talking to myself, trying to sort it out. But anyway, but I am interested in this case and I do think he's going to get off. And I think he was always going to get off. And I bet you any amount of money he's going to get off and they're going to fabricate all this. These technical reasons, everyone's going to spend weeks trying to understand, trying to make sense, right? But the bottom line is, in my opinion, it's just my opinion, obviously. Uh, we don't know anything for Pete's sake. We know, we know nothing. It's all alleged, guys. First of all, this is alleged. It's for entertainment purposes only. I'm just giving you my personal opinion, which is all alleged, right? Uh, I'm allegedly telling you my alleged thoughts. You can respectfully disagree. I'm just up here telling my points okay a lot of people disagree with me until a two years goes by you wait and see he's never going to serve time i promise you i put money on it who wants to make a bet <laughs> i've already I made i've already ask, made I've, I've already made enough bets probably enough i, I love people. it when people um, ask me if i was there but they they act like they know more than me were you there were you there were you and there? i see you matt and all right so listen, Brown. Guys, i'll have listen. you guys on in just a second uh -huh. All right, I, yeah. I, I try not to take too much time uh, just to finish my thing. The reason I, I think is because of the, the, the two mothers that are involved with drugs, um, because I whole area is heavy into drugs. Um, I think this goes way deeper. I think Brian Koberger, um, to me, he's a, one of those weird guys. Uh, we don't know his relationship with his mother. Um, some of these guys are, this goes really deep, guys. I don't know how deep you, you like to go. But there, there's there's a lot of deep stuff that's layered that people don't realize and they have no idea about. And there's feuds between families and they can use their daughters and their sons 
as warnings and don't mess with me. And oh, you think I didn't mean it? Well, watch what happens. Now, where are they going to get a hitman? So they need a hitman. Now, I'm from New York. So New Yorkers are very, hitmen is not, is not a fantasy. New Yorkers are like hitmen's a dime a dozen and you can hire them for pretty cheap too. And I just personally think, you, anybody can disagree with me. Obviously, this is alleged. I'm just giving you my random opinion. Um, but I think he's definitely not going to go to jail. I think they hired him. I think he took the money. I think he wanted to kill. I think he wanted to know what it was like. I think he's a weird, obsessed sociopath, a narcissist, like you said. I think he's got his own damaged bullshit. I think he took the money and he did it because he doesn't feel anything. And maybe he thought if he killed all those people, he'd feel something. Maybe he, now a killing is addictive, by the way. It's as addictive as heroin or any cigarettes or anything. So now we've got a serial killer on our hands, in my opinion. And I think he's going to get off and he, they're going to use them to kill again. And I think he wanted to get caught. That's why he went back to the scene of the crime. And to, to me, the whole thing was a setup. And I think they, he knew he was going to get caught and they, and he, he was promised he would get off and he, you can no drop problem. Him if you want, because uh, I know my, my views are controversial, but I come yeah. from New York. Hitmen is a very common thing. You, you say a hitman to a, a New Yorker, they don't flinch and act a crazy weird thing. They're like, oh, you better the, watch the, your ass. The yeah. only thing I'll, I'll say about this hitman uh, theory is he purchased the knife in April of 2022. Somebody's going to call a hit on four sorority girls from a guy in Pennsylvania. No, 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 no. It's a drug. See, this is gang related. Gangs uh, are, are fierce, ferocious, vicious. They don't screw around. You don't mess with them. They mean it and they will prove it. And also the two girls, the, the, the fact one girl, I'm, I'm here to help you. Okay, that's very suspicious right there. This to me was all pre-planned. Um, and, 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 and the fact he's gonna get off, oh, it just proves, it just proves it to me. He was promised, if you do this, you will get off. So there's a lot of benefits for him personally. A, he gets to find out how to kill. B, he gets uh, paid, so he gets some money. C, he's in with some weird sicko gang cult. Now he's being used and praised, and now he's got a purpose. He has no feelings, so he has no humanity, so he doesn't give a shit. He's got no conscience. So he's a perfect hitman, killer, assassin. He's training. He's into it. He's interested in it. He's got all kinds of reasons to do this job. Hitmen are not good people. They don't have conscience. I'm going to have to cut this off short just because we're well past the three minutes, and I have two other folks that are in here. I'm going to you can come back in a little bit if you want. Uh, none, no disrespect or anything like that. And I give these other two folks an opportunity as well. As far, I do want to say something, though, as far as it being drug-related or hitman-related, honestly, I, I, I don't think that's the case in this situation. To get in contact with Brian, of all people who's new there, I don't know, maybe, but I don't think so. All right, Matt, how's it going? Thank you for joining, and J.R. Brown as well. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay, awesome. It's going. It's going okay. How about you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, what are your thoughts on the case? Um, well, everything we know right now. Um, I don't think it's hitman or gang related. I'm gonna put my faith. Law enforcement's doing their due diligence with the with the work they're doing right now. I I am. I do believe it was Brian Koberger. Um, <laughs> And if it was a hitman or something like that, no, if someone ordered a hit on these people, like there was a couple of them that weren't so, supposed to even. Uh, I had a little doubt a few weeks ago when there was no DNA in his car or apartment, but like he's not going to be a dumbass everything. Maybe just his phone thinks he was a dumbass and he's in his car. He's not going to be a dumbass on his car and apartment. That's just right, not right. No, I understand. Thank you. I, I don't agree. Think it <laughs> No, it's fine. Am I am I echoing still? You guys hear an echo? No, no, you're good now. Okay. All right. So as far as no DNA in the car, I, I think that aspect of it, he had time to prepare his car. 
He had time to clean his car. So him not making mistakes in the preparation of the crime, given his experience and knowledge in the field, doesn't surprise me. Uh, the fact that he didn't make many mistakes after the crime doesn't surprise me. What doesn't also surprise me is if he's a first time life taker, his actions showed um, mistakes happening very early. So at 356, he has passing by for the third time around the apartment complex next to the uh, the victim's residence. At 4.05 is the next time he passes by. At that point, he starts to drive erratic. The door dash order was received. My thoughts are there was a light on, probably on the second floor, uh, because it was received by Xana as like an indicator to the, uh, hey, this is the house, because the house was kind of confusing. The address was King Road, but it was facing Queen. I would assume, especially if Xana did this often, ordered DoorDash, that she would have an indicator out there. My assumption is once the DoorDash left, she no longer needed the indicator on, so she turned it off. So when Brian Koberger came at 405, from his point of view, when he passed by at 356, a light was on. When he passes by at 405, a light is off. And that's when he starts to drive weird. He does his weird turnaround at apartment 52. Okay, so don't mean to interrupt. I don't mean to interrupt. Uh -huh. Like I said, I don't mean to interrupt you, but like the, he has planned this. He just didn't do a random thing. No, I agree. I agree. Right? What I'm like, saying is. I had two kids at college. Like this is not a random um, thing. He, he has some connection. And even the victims might not know he has a connection to him, but he has some connection to one of the victims. Maybe. I, I think that if there was a connection, they would have looked at him harder. If they if he had messaged one of the girls or did yeah. anything like I don't think so, because I think forensics would have seen. And per the um, state's paperwork, the DLJ policy indicates they can only do IgG test if there's no leads or there's no suspect. So I think if there was somebody that was constantly in, in her inbox or, or some of those things and also drove a white four-door Elantra, that would spark some alarms among law enforcement. And they would have definitely looked at him harder. There was a connection. I honestly, truly think he wanted to commit um, the biggest unsolved crime. And in order to do Right. And not just random house. I don't I don't think it was random. I think I think he went out one night and went looking for the for the house with the biggest party. And and there's reasons why. House with big parties has a lot of people inside, a lot of DNA swapped in and out, a lot of footprints to go around the house. There's a lot of uh naturally hide his trace or tracks into the house and out of the house. And yeah. he looked for one with girls. He had multiple shoe protectors. Every room he went in, he would think a shoe protector box and put it in the pocket. That's what I think. That's why there's no shoe in that bloody shoe print. I'm going to, I'm just going to add a little something here. I think, uh, the, I was just my about to ask you. <laughs> my perspective on it is, uh, there was one male there. <laughs> he wasn't expected to be there anyway. It's three females. And he obviously, as you said, I, I think he waited for them to go to sleep. So he's looking for the easiest targets in, in my eyes. The people who pull up, put up the least amount of struggle, just giving him the most amount of success, success yeah. in murders. I think they're just, they were soft targets. He picked females deliberately, um, maybe had a personal vendetta, but uh, I just think it was the, the easiest thing for him to, to get done in order for him to get away with it. I, I, I think that, I don't think there was the personal vendetta part, just because there was a forensic download on the victim's phones and everything. If there was any contact between Koberger and these victims, I think they would have caught it. I don't think Koberger had enough time or any of the means to completely wipe out any connection he had off of the victim's phones during the commission of the crime. Uh, my so thoughts were... I think that Ethan was asleep. I, I, I agree with three of the victims were asleep. Uh, I do think I, Ethan was asleep. I think so if, if we look at some of the things we know, right, I've heard and, and, and assume. One of the things was Chief Fry 
In one of the interviews we had recently had early on the press conference, the rear sliding glass door was still open when officers arrived. It tells me a few things. The door was opened when Brian Koberger entered the house and it remained open the entire time. So my thoughts are, he sees the light turn off. Um, his goal is to not get caught. So he opens the sliding Daniel, glass door. How come he didn't kill, how come he didn't kill Dylan or? He, he walks in through the back sliding glass door and he leaves the glass door open because if he touches it to close it, then he's going to have to grab it to open it. He'd have to contact or that's two times he's possibly going to get his DNA left there. So he leaves it open. Now, the reason why he doesn't go to the second floor is because there was just a light on for the door dash. If I was in his shoes or you know, thinking for him or whatever, I, I would assume the easier targets would be upstairs because... There hasn't been lights on for a while. There were two girls. If he had some sort of way of stalking or any of those things, um, he would have known they've been intoxicated. Whoever's on the second floor just went to sleep, so they'd not be in deep sleep. So he goes upstairs. Daniel, he handles. Targeted one of the girls. He targeted. He didn't pick a random house. I'm gonna go murder people at this house and see if I get by with it. No, no I think there's more to it. I think he wanted to not just um, get away with it, but I think he was trying to embarrass law enforcement simultaneously at the same time. And by getting away with this crime and creating all this media attention, all these people looking in this direction, looking at the uh, Moscow Police Department under a microscope and picking apart everything they have ever done and it's worked. It's worked for this to a certain extent. So now, he went back the morning after he murdered. He went back the morning, and people could say his car. That he well, let me get back to the first part. So, I think the reason why Ethan was asleep, Zana probably felt the draft. She was still awake. She wasn't asleep. She may have felt the draft inside the house and went to go investigate the door or what was where this air was coming from. He's the glass door open and says, I think someone's here. Turns around and goes back towards her bedroom. At that point, Brian Coburn may have heard a statement and or have been coming down the stairs at the time, creeping down and saw but somebody was awake. Well, because if his goal, if, if his goal well, well, if his goal is to sign, is to embarrass law enforcement and make sure that there's national attention, the goal would be to have multiple victims. Now, the the victims that are going to gain national attention are going to be young and attractive. He goes out and he finds the house with the biggest party. This is one of the houses had big parties, and he finds a house that has female victims that are easier to target. And the reason why a new Range Rover extra cars parked up front don't bother him is because it wasn't about a single target. It was about gaining more national attention and so having multiple why I targets. Think it's crazy because she had got a vehicle. He wouldn't have known. But it, it, to him, it could have been a boyfriend. It could have been a visitor. It doesn't matter. It's just one more victim to make this crime even bigger. That way, there's more attention to it. But uh, what I want to know is did he go back out? morning and someone has it on video and he went back out. I'm not sure. The I do know the probable cause affidavit states there's multiple footage of the vehicle. So there's possibility. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to uh jump over oh, to Matt I'm and sorry. then Sonia. No, you're fine, you're fine. Thank you for your questions. I appreciate you. All right, Matt. Um before we get to Sonia, you were saying again. Just to go a little bit background, um, I was Brian Cobra's classmate at MCTI uh, in the HVAC oh, program. Yeah, that's okay. I, I was Ricky in the chat. There it is. There it is. Yeah, thank you for joining. Just, thank you. That's my dog's Maverick name backwards. I was in the MCTI class with him. Um, I was born and raised in East Stroudsburg. I was, I was born in the Pocono Medical Center. I, I lived there up until I went in the Army. So the whole area, like the back of my hand. And in fact, the, uh, the teacher for the uh, HVAC class was a close family friend of mine. And he, he lived in the same development as my father, even. Um, 
I, I haven't heard anything or seen anything of him like coming out saying anything, but I, I've always been interested in his perspective in Brian's behavior, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. So when you were in, in his HVAC class, did he come in in the middle of it? Uh, no, he started at the beginning of the year, uh, just like okay. any normal year. Uh, so it was my sophomore to junior year. It was his it was his senior year. So he, I just oh. knew him for one school year. And, and I noticed in the chat, you said you and him had a, an interest in law enforcement and, and, and army. Was there any, any conversations, any red flags to you about those topics thinking back now? No red flags, honestly. Uh, we, I, I was interested in criminal justice in the military like him. I went in the army straight out of high school. And then after high school, I got my associates in criminal justice. But uh, when talking, he didn't really give off red flags. The, the only thing I could really say was that he was socially awkward in the context of this, especially maintaining eye contact uh, during conversation. He was, well, his eyes would like bolt, bolt at you for a second. And then he would just go back to like looking at the ground. Uh, it was just kind of weird in a way, not normal. But uh, he was just socially awkward. That's just something I always noticed. The other thing was at the time he was really big into boxing. So he was like, he was shadow boxing like all the time. But just pretending like to box in the air, like just, I guess, doing moves he learned recently because he lost a whole bunch of weight then through boxing. Um, Did you ever hear him talk about any girlfriends or girls? No, no. Don't recall any girlfriends or girls. Um, A girl, Casey, uh, who's come out recently, who was also a member at MCTI. I've, I've seen her around. That's about the only one who I knew he was friends with uh, other than that i yeah i knew of like no affairs or like interests he had and and you never noticed any did you ever see him hanging out with anybody or anything like that? did he have friends no no yeah no i, I didn't notice uh, i really I, I didn't notice his friend group after school or anything like the only thing about mcti is multiple school districts come there because uh the school works so mm-hmm. you, you could hang out if you went to one school you could be hanging out with kids from another school after class whatever so just for some background but as far as me knowing brian coburg and his friend group and stuff like that, i honestly did gotcha and did you ever hang out with him after school or anything so no i, I also never hung out with him after school uh, i really don't have a lot of information to give other no, that's than okay other than me seeing you know, him in class and having conversation with him and doing his boxing stuff. But uh, yeah, I never hung out with him after class. And even following this case, I learned he lived about two miles away from where my father lived. I, I hadn't even known. That was also interesting. Pretty crazy to learn. Um, <clears throat> there's been rumors saying that he was a bit of a bully. That was accurate or not? Yeah, I, I do know he wasn't like uh, like taking your lunch money kind of thing. But um, as far as the whole thing goes with him like trying to be the one who knows the most in the room and like he he definitely gave off the kind of vibe in class he would if you were kind of like questioning his intelligence or going head to head head to head with him on a subject he would he would kind of just keep questioning things kind of when his favor more like rhetorical questions he like couldn't answer directly but it was just kind of like to prove his point and like the way he always came out on top of the conversation that that's something uh, i did notice also seems accurate the smartest person in the room description that seems accurate to, to uh... uh yeah i would agree with you gotcha gotcha he didn't, he didn't get any problems though did he get any uh no detention trouble with school fights in school anything like that yeah right i i, I never noticed that's that's why i really would like to hear from uh, the teacher because uh I, I didn't notice any like uh, disciplinary stuff with him mm-hmm. but um i don't recall any specific times but i, I feel like he got into it with the teacher sometimes here and there but i, I can't say for a fact that's something i'd really like to learn from uh from the teacher in the class because I, I feel like he would definitely be able to recall that yeah, for sure
What about, uh, so you say you live in the Poconos. What about Dana Smithers? Have you heard about her case? Have you ever heard anything about that? Again, following this case, I learned of Dana Smithers. I, I know exactly where her body was found. The recruiting station, actually, for when I went in the Army, is just on the other side of the bridge, I've actually, where she, um, oh, wow. it used to be a Waffle House uh, right over there. If you go up the road a couple miles, it's actually a pretty like, bad neighborhood. Uh, it's, it's really nice. It's, it's next to what's called Main Street. That's where the recruitment center was. And that's, if you live in Stroudsburg, that's where you go to party and drink at night and on the weekends. I, I don't know anything of Dana Smithers or anything related. To Got that. you. I was just curious if you, had, I, I think um, Brian Koberger's parents were subpoenaed. And I was just kind of curious if you had heard that if there was any rumblings or rumors from the area about why they were subpoenaed. Right, things right. Like that. Yeah, I, I did see they were subpoenaed. And I, I guess nothing came out of it for now because I've never seen anything follow up from it. I'm not in uh, the, the Strasburg area anymore. I'm, I'm actually in Virginia gotcha. now. Yeah, I'm actually I'm in cybersecurity now. I got the job offer for Suffolk County DPD, but uh, I, I didn't end up taking it because I'm in uh, cybersecurity. Nice, nice. Being in cybersecurity, I, I have a question for you. Uh, uh, Brian Koberger's phone may have touched the Wi-Fi or the router. Does it make sense to you? Is it possible? I, I thought routers were one way not both ways well so, so the thing about routers and phones is they're they're always putting out information so they could join hands so this is something i've actually talked about with another coworker who i speak about with the case because he's also interested in true crime and yeah if his device yeah, did touch the router and look for a connection the router could have stored it on there and if it did it could have his mac address of his phone which is phone so that would be something uh, very big prosecution is able to get something off and it, it is probable i was concerned not concerned but i was thinking about like hey uh um, according to you know, Steve Gonzalez, you know, his phone was close enough to connect to the router. Would would his phone still try to attempt to connect if he was in airplane mode? Well, so uh, the feature I know right now on my iPhone is if I put it on airplane mode, uh, the Wi-Fi will actually still stay on. I will, I will still have to manually disable it. So even if he did put it on airplane mode, it still would be looking for Wi-Fi and Bluetooth connection. So it's possible still, even with Wi-Fi or uh, airplane mode on. Yep. One last question I'll ask you is when it comes to the accuracy of his location, the FBI cast has this alternative means rather than triangulation to determine precise location. Are you familiar with technology and how precise it is? Uh, unfortunately, no, I, I can't speak to it all. <laughs> I have no oh, information okay. on that. No problem. No problem. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. Um, if you don't mind emailing me, if you if we can get together, maybe do something, something else or bring you on if we have other further questions. I'd love to have you back on. I, I appreciate you having me and I'm going to keep continuing following the show. I've been, been following this case through you guys since it came out. So I've been enjoying it. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Matt, for joining. Anytime. Thank you. Hi, Sonia. How's it going? Stacy? you're on, but I'm going to, we're going to talk Hi. to Sonia first and then we'll get you in. How you doing? Long time no I'm, talk. I know. I know. It's been so long. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Just uh, going through the new documents and try to make sense of this case. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Thanks, Matt, for being here. Thanks, Maud. Hi, Maud. <laughs> I'm seeing your, your friends here. Maud's talking to me like, hi, guys. <laughs> but um, quite interesting. I haven't talked to you since he waived this PD trial. That's a little crazy. But yeah, kind of yeah. Was my point. Well, my point, my thoughts, my opinion. But I do think more so he's like the one basically proves was like a given. I, I think the alibi was another push for me when, when his alibi was that he was actually out and about in his car yeah. and driving around. What he saw enough evidence puts him in the car, whether yeah, that's the phone data or the cameras, something puts him in his car. And it's probably not footage from Moscow. I think if it's anything, it's probably footage um, from Pullman you know, around Stadium Way that probably got him. In my Correct. Opinion. And when he got home and everything as well, the time, you know, yeah. there's so many. Is, is, are there any concerns you have 
about the case, though? I know you think he, he did it, but is there anything that worries you about it? Um, well, I just really hope people don't like a lot of people are blaming Ali. And I, I see the reason people blame Ali because of the mess ups there have there's been put him off because and Taylor might find some hiccup somewhere that's my main concern honestly I don't want him to get off if he actually did it and then like if he didn't do it like who did it and why and if he did it not alone if he did it with something somebody else like how come we haven't heard of who right. like you would you would think we would know other names by now in my yeah. opinion like it just doesn't make sense for it to just be all on him if there's somebody else so i don't i used to believe there was other people but i don't anymore so much at all because of this okay and plus he waived his, his right so <laughs> yeah i think it's going to be at least i think it'll be at least a year before we see the trial if not two to be honest with you yeah. yeah and guys i'm not laughing i know a lot of people didn't like it last time i was here because i was laughing giggling and that's just my nervous thing so, so i apologize in advance i'm laughing or anything i'm just like nervous <laughs> i'm always nervous <laughs> <laughs> I hate public speaking. In high school, I could not. I could not. I would skip school just so I didn't have to do it. Not. But anyways, um, I don't know. But hi, Stacey. You can talk too. <laughs> yeah, Stacey, welcome to the show. How's it going? What, what are your thoughts on the case? Well, you guys kind of covered a lot. I was uh, initially feeling and and such. Um, I think we're dealing with a very highly intelligent man. Now he knows. Like I, I, I truly believe it's almost ingrained in him from little on up. I don't know if you remember. There was uh, I, I forget who even talked about it on social media, but his mom was a big supporter of you know, Ted Bundy when it came mm-hmm. to the death penalty and everything. Like when mm-hmm. his life was on the line, she actually wrote into an, uh, the newspaper mm-hmm. and was like defending him and how it's not right and everything. And I think mm-hmm. he became, I think Brian became fixated on serial killers at a very, very young age because of it. And, yeah. and just following what we know of his, um, as far as schooling and everything in his dire need, know everything within law enforcement and criminal history and everything. I think it created the perfect storm. And I do agree with Daniel as far as the storm continued to brew once he got denied with Pullman, you know, everything happening within the school and them wanting to let him go. But one thing I did want to kind of talk about was, you remember when Mr. G mentioned about the UPS shipment or the the letter. It was a letter that was sent to the house for Kaylee and they called, I believe it was the FBI to come and look at it. And then there were all these different subpoenas for like Amazon and UPS Mm. and everything. I, I wonder, like, I think I agree with Daniel. We have the perfect storm brewing. He wants revenge. Um, but I think he became, I truly do. I, I, I'm, I, I didn't believe it at first, but I think he became fixated on Kaylee, whether the pool party, if they were both there, but I believe he became fixated and I struggle with, I don't think it was meant to go down the way, but I truly think that if, if well, obviously this is my, my speculation on everything. I think he went in to Maddie to have free range with Kaylee and he was not expecting her to walk in. And mm-hmm. I think it all went south from there. And that's when all the mistakes started happening on his end. Right. I, I think that's possible. I, I, I think more than likely, though, I think they were both. I told the guys probably about a week before Steve said it, we were talking about the the case itself. And I was like, hey, you, know, you have these girls that have grown up basically like sisters. They're out drinking. I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the same bed. You know, they were texting the boyfriend till three o'clock in the morning. I, I think they may have fallen asleep in the same bed. And as far as the pool party thing, uh, Brian Koberger went to a pool party, but I don't know if 
Kaylee is at a pool party or been confirmed to have been at a pool party. I know a psychic who had came forward, the pool party was going to be important. And then there was somebody saying a week or two later, um, Brian Koberger was at a pool party. Uh, I think this is just my personal opinion. There's some pictures of Kaylee in a bathing suit on her social media. And I think maybe perhaps the, the, the psychic put, there was some comments on social media posts with her in her bathing suit from Jack Decor, her boyfriend. And at the time, uh, amongst yeah. the public, Jack Decor was suspect number one, right? Not, not, not to the PD, but in, in the public. I wouldn't be surprised if she saw those two things and put those two things and said, hey, there's like a pool party or water. I see her in a bathing suit and something about having to deal with the crime. And if it being Jack Decor, then you can go, oh, look, made these comments on this picture here. And that's why it connected. That, that's my way of thinking that occurred. But um, yeah. there's some folks that are sensitive to details like that, can pull things up and 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 out of information. Like, for instance, there was it occurred uh, in Florida where there was um, there was um, I think it was like three teenagers found shot. They were all part of the same group and they were apparently doing some bad things. And it was, they were ended up being shot by their own their own guys that they were out there with. And in one of them, I put it out there, I was like, hey, uh, uh, the girl's in the car in the trunk. Because there was one of them missing. I was like, she's in the trunk. And the reason why I had put an end of it being true wasn't because I'm clairvoyant or anything, but because the paperwork stated that it was only after a warrant was a body found in the car. Well, if there was a body found in the front seat or the back seat, you wouldn't need a warrant to enter the vehicle. You can get that. And then there's your probable cause. Now, if it's in the trunk, you might need to get a probable cause, a warrant to open. But it was just those minor details kind of bring to life, like what's going on there. And I see it in this case as well. When the way the police talk, it seems like at least in some part, police believe that the motive was to to get away with this crime at, at some part, at some point of the motive. Whether that's the entire motive or the reasoning behind it from the beginning, I'm not sure. Um, but I think it was an aspect to this crime. And given his his college education and his his training and the classes he's taken, I think he felt confident that he could have completed. It. And he almost did. If it wasn't for the knife sheath, in my opinion, I think he would be free today. So, but it's very it's 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 interesting to think though. Did Koberger come into? Was Koberger in? Um, and both girls were in there. Did one come in after him? Yeah, I have a theory on Daniel if I can. Holly said it. Well, Holly and I. I guess we think the same because that's what I thought too. I thought uh, they were probably both eating their carbonara. And then, but Kaylee, she did go put Murphy in her room, right? Because Murphy was in there alone. So I'm thinking whoever, Brian, whoever, probably went into Maddie's room. Kaylee was with her. And then she went into uh, her own room to lock Murphy in there to save him because because of what was going on. Uh, G did mention Kaylee got the worst of it. Mm -hmm. Um which to me leads me to believe he was infatuated with Maddie. Like I, I can maybe both, but more so Maddie because he liked all her posts from August 16th with meet the roommates. Every post from there, allegedly he liked them all from what I heard from like a news source or whatever. From Brian Koberger about, That's about Brian Koberger yeah. liking just straight from Christy Gonzalez as well. But yeah, the thing exactly. is, yeah. the thing is, um, that was the possibility it was true. It would have came up quite a bit and police and law enforcement would have seen that. And yeah. then they would have said, who's this Brian Koberger liking all her pictures? Come to find out, hey, that's a guy, WSU police said that he drove a white Elantra. And yeah, hey, you know. Yeah. So because remember, he allegedly messaged one of them continuously like, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? And he got no response. So they might have gotten all and that's how they knew to go search for this guy. No, the, the only the only way they knew about Brian Koberger, and I'll pull it up, I believe it's from the uh, July uh, July 14th 
Let me pull it up real quick. It's the July 14th state's response. And I think it's on page seven. It's a 19 page document. It's on page seven. I think it's the last line on page. Let me pull it okay. up. Okay. Yeah, it could be wrong, absolutely. No, it's all good. It's all good. And on here, it talks about, let me see, let me pull it up. I want to say it was July 14th, page seven, last line. Okay, July 14th, motion to temp seal, reply and support a motion of protective order. 19 pages. Who's Sorry, there's a lot of noise. I don't know. Who's I'm sorry. Here. I just thought I'm not, I'm not familiar with the format, so I'm doing a little squeaky in the background. And I just didn't know for sure. I was going to do a testing one, two, three testing, yeah. but uh, I guess I'm muting. I'll be back. Okay. And just anytime anybody, I'll be back. I'm All here. Right, sounds good. All right. Sounds good. All right. So right here, I'm, I'm correct. Page seven, last two sentences. Moreover, as the DOJ policy on the IGG explains, the FBI can only use the IGG after the investigating agency has pursued reasonable investigative leads to solve the case and the perpetrator's identity remains unknown. So if there was any indication Brian Koberger was uh, a suspect, they wouldn't have done the IGG at all. And if and if um, if they thought that he was a suspect, uh, kind of similar to the defense's paperwork, they said they had a, um, a secretly taken a cigarette bud off of somebody to check for their DNA. Mm-hmm. I would have assumed that's probably what they would have tried to do with Brian Koberger, which is what they did try to do on December 27th. And they only came up with his father's DNA. The New York Times article, Brian Koberger's name came to them based out of the IgG on December 19th. And okay. I think that's when he became suspect number one. If you go in, uh, there's also the Howard Bloom article. It talks yeah. about December 20th and it talks about uh, Chief Fry having a pregnant smile and it's referencing the was crashed in, in Eugene, uh, Oregon. My right. thing is Brian Koberger was already in the Poconos and if they were watching him, they would have known he wasn't the car in Eugene. They weren't watching him. So he wasn't a suspect. Uh, yeah, I know they got his suspect. name. Yeah, he, he became a suspect as soon as this came forward. Now, what the FBI did was say, <clears throat> all right, this is your suspect in our opinion. We can't prove it because we don't have his DNA to test it to the knife sheath directly. So you, the state and law enforcement, have to go build your case and get a warrant off of other means because you can't use this IgG. So you're going to have to go get a warrant that's correct and legal so that you can test Brian Koberger's DNA to the knife sheath. And that's exactly what they did. And since they never tested the FBI, Brian Koberger's actual DNA, they never checked this, did the swab or anything and attempted to test it to the uh, uh, S&P profile or the what they had from the chief, the FBI, it's hearsay. So that's why the, the yeah. state isn't a lie detector test where okay. it's helpful to point in a direction, but you can't use it. it. You can't use it for warrants, for search warrants, for an arrest warrant. None of those things, it cannot be used at all. Okay. For, like, well, and for you, when you have a typical television show like Forensic Files, right, you can go in as the FBI and obtain any evidence that's been discarded at the corner and it's legal. That's always been part of their way of collecting evidence. And I don't believe that it would be, it would hold up in court. I, I don't know the exact federal case statute file it would fall under and the legal expert would have to do in order to verify what I'm saying, but they do it. And I don't know how they do it, but based on what you're saying, and we haven't really gotten into, into it very deeply. I'm listening to what you're saying and, this is just scratching the surface of evidentiary rules and what is and isn't allowable in the, the court of law. Um, this is this is or is not allowable into evidence is going to be, I think every single piece of evidence is going to be falling under the same scrutiny in court um, as yeah. we go. So it's going to be, it's going to be a drop down, knock down, drag out fight every single step of the way with this case. And it's going to last forever. Everybody who says that we're not going to, we might die before we see the end of this might have some, <laughs> some yeah. truth. In- uh, I do think it's going to be a while before it comes down, but you're right. They're, 
there's so much going on at this point. They're fighting everything from cameras to pictures of Brian Koberger's fly. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. I posted it on my TikTok. I, yeah. I, that's what I'm known for on TikTok, I think, is just bashing him. I think because I like to poke, like, I, I don't know. I, I noticed these little things. The fly thing, I noticed it, so I posted about it. Um, How he was looking at Anne. I just like reading his energy, and that's what I've been doing on TikTok a lot. And I think yeah. whenever they put an article, well, article, sorry, not the article, but document about the cameras and everything with the pictures. And like, I felt attacked because I, that's what I've been doing too. But of course, I'm getting from the media, right, as well. Yeah. I'm not there. But if I see it, I'm going to grab it. <laughs> but. Right. I, getting a photoshopped picture that somebody else took and, and manipulated and saying media shouldn't be allowed in there or the camera shouldn't be allowed in there because people from the outside world are going to manipulate photos is ludicrous, in my opinion. I, I don't I don't think it's there. But when it comes to, um, yeah, this case is definitely going to take a while, in my opinion. They're mm-hmm. fighting for everything, everything. And rightfully so. I do think I do believe in the judicial system and. And, and everything else, you should have a fair trial and have the you know, all the information and stuff like like when it comes to the IgG stuff, I'm not even opposed to the state giving it to him. I don't think it's going to cause any it's not exculpatory because at the end of the day, his DNA from a buccal swab matched to the DNA on the sheath, despite all the other stuff. Now, there is like somewhat president or whatever on information. It's, it's It happens almost in every case that there's going to be information that you have gathered is not going to be usable in court. Like, for instance, if there's a uh, is selling dope and my buddy comes over and tells me his sister who doesn't want to talk guy selling dope. So that's hearsay. I can't use in court. Right. right. But it doesn't prevent me from going over and doing a stakeout at the house, make sure and see if there's any cars coming at late hours of the night. See if they're there for only three or four minutes gone. I'll come on on multiple occasions on short periods of time. And then you go and you, you knock one down and you come to find out you find a little bit of dope in the car. You bring them into mm-hmm. the station, you get them to talk. And then they tell where they got it because like 90 percent of people, especially if it's their first time getting caught with something and they're threatened with their their liberty be taken away. They usually mm-hmm. talk. It's, it's it happens. I then get a, enough uh, for a search warrant to go and search this house. And I go in there, search the house and come to find out I got baggies of dope, uh, w- which are consistent with this person being a distributor. Now I can I have a case, a very strong case against him. But I never used the initial evidence at all right. of this guy. Yeah. yeah, this guy telling me his sister, you can't use it. This is kind of the same situation here. You can't in court because it's they never actually tested Koberger's DNA to the sheath. So it's very much like hearsay. It's up to law enforcement to create a case against them not using. Now, right. I will say, in my opinion, the weakest part of this case is the search warrant for his phone locations. I don't think it's strong enough. Just basically what it said was because he was a criminology student, he would have known. To turn his phone off. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's enough. In my I opinion, I think he too. tried to play one, but I don't think it worked. Like I think he he didn't think maybe his anxiety or his adrenaline maybe made made him mess up where he did in fact turn it off, not thinking, hey, oh shoot, they can use this part maybe going forward. Other the pins, no, I don't believe that's going to help him at, or it's not going to. It's not enough. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Phone is a stupid move, in my opinion. If Well, my, my, my theory is, um, so I I was saying this earlier, my theory is didn't want to touch things as much as possible, as little as possible. That way he doesn't leave DNA behind. Right. Right. And where was I going with that? So he goes up to the third floor. And the reason why I think he spares Dylan's life, I had a guy that's actually been in the house on the show before. And one of my questions was to him was Dylan's bedroom was a closet. And he said it took him and his friends a while. They didn't know it was a door, a bedroom for a long time because really? Dylan, Dylan's door is located right as you enter the kitchen from the hallway 
It's right. in the hallway going right next to the staircase. If Koberger assumed it was a closet, and I know people are going to say, oh, well, if he stalked these people, how did he not know it wasn't a closet? One, he was only in the area 12 different times. And if that's what, two and a half times since August, that's not yeah. really a lot to see. And two, at the time of the incident, you can go on Zillow and all these other places and see pictures of the inside, but it didn't give you like 3D tour that we have now. It wasn't available yeah, the then. I agree because there's a closet right beside the stairs too. There's a stairs, there's a closet, then the kitchen, mm -hmm. and then there's right. like Dylan's room, which I could see being mistaken as a closet as well. And there's a step up going into the living room. Right. One so, could be a closet, one, one, one's a pantry. But if he, right. if he assumed it was a closet or a pantry and he only touched the rear glass door once because he doesn't want to touch things that he doesn't have to more than he should, mm -hmm. do you think he would really check a door he thought was a closet? I don't think he would. I don't think he would have touched yeah, it. Right. Like you said, it makes so, so much sense, Daniel. He goes upstairs. Mr. Crime goes back downstairs, passes in front of it, goes mm -hmm. into the uh, Xana's room. Attack is committed. Dylan did yell out, oh, be quiet. Koberger heard something. I don't think he knew what was said. When you're not paying attention to somebody and somebody says something, what's the first response? Like, he may have heard something, didn't know where it came from. He hadn't even gone to the first floor yet so they could have came from the first floor i think he knew i was out time to go and as he's leaving he sees the closet door open and realizes it's not a closet and there's somebody there but is unsure if they called 911 or not and probably thinking to himself he doesn't have time to continue and i think the anxiety is killing him not knowing what's going on i think he turns right. on his phone and hopes to see maybe a police scanner app or something see if there's commotion going absolutely. on yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or news and i think that's why he turns it on where he does it, it was just killing him to not know and i think him going back the next morning is a big red flag and one uh, typically committed by by ignorant criminals now he never went back again after he was able to control himself but by then news media was going crazy so it would not have been unusual for somebody in the area to search the crime yeah, you know what i'm saying that's a lot to unpack when i hear what you're having to say about this case and brian's behavior there's a difference between it being an organized versus an unorganized offender and you're assuming it's an organized offender where he would take all these precautions do all these things myself personally i believe that he was in a uh, manic state and was not as organized as he could have been had he you know, like who wants the killer to get away with it so he made mistakes has to be i think when you look at a criminal there you can plan it as well as you'd like to but there's always going to be a few mistakes the person's going to make no i, I agree 100 with he is human and and i think when you're looking at the mistakes that are going to be made they're most likely going to be made during the commission of the crime because during the preparation of the crime there's not as much stress the post-crime cleaning up and stuff like I can assume there's more stress in the pre stuff, but it's probably not as stressful as committing the crime itself. And I think that's why we see a lot of his mistakes happening around time. Turning mm -hmm. his phone on, leaving the knife sheath, parking, driving this weird loop around <laughs> comes into play. But yeah. I, we we only got like five minutes left in the show, y'all. So I, I do want to hear if y'all have any final questions for me. Um, no, I, I don't. I just came on to say hello. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And what about you, Stacey? Any, any final questions? Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation, so tonight. It was awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. We honestly had nothing planned. And then all of a sudden the documents <laughs> dropped and we we're like, all right, let's, let's go to work. <laughs> okay. um, well, I want to thank you guys and thank everybody that participated in the show, whether you were in the live chat, whether you came on the panel, we'll probably do this on Wednesdays. We'll do a panel, open panel discussion from here on forward. I want to thank Mikey earlier for his super chat. Uh, I'm gonna go through them real quick. He's talking about big blue 
barking at the moon right now without any clothes. I'll say that's probably true. Uh, Jeff H came in saying the Jack D's comment on Kaylee in a bathing suit was anyone got a rag. This yeah. is exactly what his comment was. Yeah. And anybody got a ra- rag I go and wash with? <laughs> I posted about it too. But. <laughs> It, it is, but he's he's he was a child at the time. So he was kind of allowed to do like who knows what kind of humor they had together, right? Yeah, so, exactly. And right. Brittany Dunn also comes in with a five dollar super chat saying a little off topic, but I've seen a document the judge told Bethany when you come for trial, you won't be arrested. Like it, if it's true, it. it's out there. If it's true, I can think of is maybe perhaps um, maybe she purged herself during the beginning of the investigation, said she was asleep, and then come to find out she wasn't asleep and just didn't want to get involved. I forget the term. There's a term, though, I had posted on TikTok, and I don't remember, when they don't call authorities in a certain amount of time. Like, they they waited so long to call. What is the term? I don't remember. But anyways, I'll find it and mention it sometime. Failure to report a homicide that's yes. a crime here in Texas. And but failure to notify. That's it. Thank you, Daniel. Yes. Failure to yeah. notify. Yeah. I think it. yeah, it is, but I think that's if like law enforcement is never notified and it's discovered by other means. They didn't flee. They didn't they didn't leave. Like there are certain characteristics of law, at least here in Texas. I don't know how it is in Idaho. It could be completely different there. But here in Texas it's it's not I, I, I'm not seeing if you if you can find the link or if anybody else knows where it's at, I would love to see it so I can read further into it instead of just speculating on it. Um, That's the only crime I can see happening for Bethany or Dylan is a failure to notify. And that's probably what they're if there is anything in regards, it would probably be the only thing it could be. They're obviously not involved. Yeah, I don't think they are. No, they they downloaded their phones and their everything. If there was anything about planning or. Or setting them up or any of those They'd type know. of things yeah. they would know it, 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 i should have asked this to matt but how is it possible for somebody without the knowledge matt if you can let us know in the uh, in the live chat if uh how easy is it for somebody without knowledge to go in there and completely wipe out their phone from contact and stuff especially in a short period of time because i'm assuming they would have had to have told somebody at night, hey, they're back home, we're asleep, they're asleep, whatever the case may be, right? And and, and also, Xana wasn't asleep, so that kind of puts a uh, one for it being, but let's just say it was, I don't think they would have had the opportunity during maybe so mm-hmm. to have completely wiped out their phone of any contact with the supposed real killer. Don't they have the, the people in tech at the law enforcement good enough to be able to go through that, whatever? Even if it was deleted or no? I think they would. Nothing is truly deleted, right? You, you can always pull it up. And like I said, they forensically went through their phones. There would be some sort of evidence of planning or acknowledging there's something going on. Right. Matt's here, he said. I'm still here, he yeah. said. So for your question. Uh, right, I just saw this. My... Photo. <laughs> All right. Nice. Sounds All good. Right. Have a great nice night, talking everybody. To Thanks, Daniel. Hi, May. Okay. <laughs> Gosh, all right. Good night. <laughs> Good night. grandma, uh, Pickle Toe's grandma says, uh, my husband was book smart, but had no common sense. Couldn't fix anything. Dumb as a doorbell. I think my wife probably agree with, uh, let me see. There it is. Digital forensic teams could recover the data. It will never be fully deleted. Perfect. That's what I wanted to know. If, if the victims were involved, there's no way they would not have gotten caught. Uh, the surviving roommates, sorry, not the victims. If they were involved, there's no way at this point, in my opinion, given the fact they had their phones, their digital downloads, they forensically went through them and them be still free today. I, I don't see it. Don't see it at all. But that's all I got today, y'all. Um, we'll be back tomorrow night. We're going to be talking with John Stewart. 
who is a former uh, Illinois governor candidate pro wrestler and has some information about some alien footage and alien interview that happened in 1990s. Don't want to miss it. Hit the subscribe button. We'll be on tomorrow at 735. And then we're going to be back on on Friday as well. Uh, we'll be on almost every day this every night this week uh, leading into the weekend. So you don't want to miss the shows. You don't want to miss the content. So make sure you subscribe and hit the notification bell. I appreciate y'all. Y'all have a good night.